Thank you for taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. So this is, I think this is week three. I mostly don't know where I am half the time because all the days feel the same. But week three, we are doing some work still in the letter of James. And the series is called, That's a Good Word. Solid advice for life in an unstable world. And today I want to talk to you about the word. The title of the message is, That's a Good Word about the word. That's a good word about the word. That's what I want to talk to us about today. And 2 Timothy 3 says, all scripture, this is verse 16 to 17, all scripture, not some of it, all of it, old and new, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for, here it comes now, teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God, man of God or woman of God may be complete, we never want to forget our sisters, may be complete and equipped for every good work. What does that tell you? That the, the Bible does some things to us, that it trains us, it matures us, it helps us grow, that the, the, the Bible corrects us for reproof and correction. That tells us we get some things wrong. And so the word sort of comes on us and says, hey, you think you, sh- you know you're over here, but you really should be over there, so you need to make a move. And then it equips us. What does it do? It gets us ready for the, the battle of life. It gets us ready to be able to minister to other people. The, the word of God does some things to us. We are in exile here. When you read the New Testament, you get this picture. Peter talks about this. Live a certain way in your exile. We are in exile. We are far from home, but we are not here without a word. Pastor Sean, he te- we're in this group text this week, and he wrote this. It's, he says, it's good to study the word. It keeps me looking up instead of sideways. Right? That's deep. You know, in the poetry reading, we'd be doing one of these. Keeps me looking up instead of looking sideways. So many people are struggling, having a hard time. And you know what it is? Because they're not looking into the word, therefore they're not looking up, they're looking sideways. And they wonder why things are so tough. It's like you're not in the word. Here's the thing I want us to leave with. God has given us the word, his word, to protect us and to bless us. You're going to see that. Over and over, I believe, as we look at the passage, that God has given us the word to bless us and to protect us. But here's the thing, really important. We got to do two things. If you want this in your life, blessing, protection, two things. You got to read it 
and you got to apply it. That's what James is going to tell you. You got to read it and apply it. And here's the thing I want us to do. Here's what I want to do today. Here's my aim. I want us to see that when we're reading it and then we're applying it, we are being wise. We are living with wisdom. Some people say that James, one of the reasons why I love this letter is he speaks my love language. He's a practical man. He's going to get very practical. And he's full. It's the wisdom of the New Testament. He's going to show us that when we do that, we're being wise. Verse 19, know this, my beloved, Vivian asked me to say it this way, so I'm going to, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, based on what I've said, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So he says to do a couple of things. He says be quick to hear, and then he says to be, be slow to speak. Now, when he says be quick to hear, what he's saying is be quick to listen to the word of God. That's what he's talking about. And we got to remember here the context. Again, context always helps us rightly interpret, read the word, understand it for ourselves. It's in the context of trials. We've been talking about that the last couple, two weeks. Context of trials. And so what this tells you is that in tough times, you will be tempted to talk more than you listen. And he says, don't do that. He says, don't do that. Because here's the thing. When you talk too much, or as my grandma says, you, if you chat too much, you get in trouble. Watch Proverbs. When there are many words, wrongdoing is unavoidable. But the one who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs 13, verse 3. He who guards his mouth preserves his life. Watch this now. He who opens wide his lips comes to root. What's the Bible telling you? Loose lips sink ships. That's what it's saying now. Be wise with your mouth. And James is going to talk about speech later. Plato, philosopher, said this. Wise men speak, wise men, wise women speak because they have something to say. Contrast, fools because they have to say something. Again, we got to be wise with our words. And the Bible tells us when you open your mouth, you're just telling people sort of who you really are. Wise people listen, think, pray, then speak. That is wisdom. And so James says, listen to the word. But then he tells us how to approach the word. Verse 21, therefore... Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So he's like, you know that old way you used to live? Get rid of all that. Put all that away and come with your new creation attitude. Remember, we talked about this last week, that we are new. If you go back to verse 18, he says, of his own will... He brought us forth by the word of truth. And so we, we talked about that last week, that the, the spirit gives us a new heart, makes us a new creation. 
makes us alive. And James says, come with that new creation attitude. He says, come with meekness. The person who is meek is gentle. The person who is meek is a listener. The person who is meek is teachable. The person who's meek is humble. See, what James is trying to tell you is that the word should be humbly received. That's what he's trying to tell us. Now, I was talking to my friend this week, Chris Shipley, and I said, we were talking about the passage. I said, why do you think he would say this to them? Why would he, why would he give this command? Again, sometimes you're like, it feels like James is just kind of coming out of nowhere with stuff. But why would he say this? And Chris said something. He, says, he said he says this because we are prone to anger when we're in anguish. Again, context, right? Trials. Again, these are people who are poor. They're suffering. They're being oppressed by, by people who are rich. We're going to learn about that later. And he says we're prone to anger when we're in anguish. And this is what James is trying to do. He's trying to protect them from responding in anger in the middle of the trial. That's what he's trying to do. Again, it's right in the text, verse 20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It does not bring the results that God wants. Now, this is really important. So let me, let me say this. James is not saying never be angry. Notice the text does not say do not be angry. The text says be slow to anger. See, there's some things that should anger us. Corruption, abuse, injustice. This is a month where we're remembering Black History Month. Injustice. That there was a time that somebody that looked like me could be hung from a tree. And nobody would do anything about that. That there's a, there's a time that somebody would tell me I couldn't sit at a certain spot because of the color of my skin. Those things should anger us. I mean, I'm kind of angry thinking about it. They should anger us because they anger God. But here's the thing, and this is really important. How we respond in the anger is crucial. How we respond in the anger is crucial. See, what we cannot do is we cannot sin in the process of trying to make things right. Ephesians 4, verse 26 says, be angry and do not sin. What we cannot do is allow anger to control us. Anger cannot be in the driver's seat of our lives. Because what he's saying is when anger controls you, when anger has overtaken your life, Marv, what you will do is you will sin. And that's what we cannot give ourselves into. And so again, we got to put this in context to make sure we actually are following what he's saying. In context, James is saying when we give into anger, we will sin in what we say. Speech. That's what he's driving at. Now, you're like, how does this all come home to us? Well, here's how this comes home. Here's what this means for us. When you get angry... I want you to slow down. When I get angry, I need to slow down and I need to ask 
a question. I need to ask a couple questions. I want to give you four. Is what I'm about to say, text, or post going to please God? Then, will it be consistent with who my Father says I am? Again, new creation reality. We have to live out of our identity. Then, will it be consistent with what the Word says? So I need to speak in a way that is consistent with the Word of God. And then this, will it bring the results that God wants? Remember that. Righteous, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Again, I'm trying to make a couple clarifications here because this is important. I'm not saying, so hear me on this. Don't miss me. I don't want you to. I'm not saying we should never speak on issues going on in the culture. So I'm not up here advocating for just being quiet. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, when you see something, you need to slow down. You need to do what James says. Be quick to listen to the word of God, hear what God has to say, and then speak. There's a process, and that's what he's trying to teach us. Follow the process in the trial, in the struggle. Something upsets you. Slow down, listen to the word of God, and then speak. And you know what this will do? It'll help us to speak with humility. It will help us to speak in a gentle way because we want to honor the Lord and not disrespect and uh, people in the midst of our speaking. It'll help us to be respectful. Here's the other thing. It'll help us to be very clear because we know this is the heart of my father. This is what he has said and wants said. This is how he expects his people to act. So there's a process. Now in verse 18, I referenced it. Earlier, and James calls the, the, the Bible the word of truth. Now, if you look down at verse 25, he calls it perfect. And I want to show you why he does this. Okay, again, I spent some time talking about talking and listening, but we won't, don't want to forget what we're primarily talking about, the word of God. And here's what the word of God, here's how we should think about it. The word of God is inspired. And so the, the, the word of Scripture are the very words of God. The Holy Spirit used men to write down exactly what God wanted said. Then the word of God is inerrant. So Scripture is without error in its original autographs or manuscripts. And this is important. Because God himself can never produce error, the Scriptures themselves are without error. The Scriptures are necessary. They're necessary for knowing the gospel. Necessary for living and maintaining a life of godliness. They're, they're, they're necessary for knowing God's will. The, the scriptures are sufficient. The scriptures contain all that God intends for his people to have concerning salvation, faith, and obedience. And you're like, Marv, the Bible doesn't have a verse on, any, on everything. That's true, but it's got wisdom for everything. It is sufficient. And it's clear. The scriptures, this is important, can be understood by all who read it, even when you get into those like strange parts. It can be understood by all who read it with, here's the crucial part, we cannot forget, with the aid of the Holy Spirit and a willingness to obey it. 
If you go towards the word, dependent on the spirit, and you're like, my heart is I want to obey, I want to do what God says, you will be able to understand it. And here's what this means practically for us. Again, James speaks my love language. He's a practical man. I want to, I want to be up here and be practical too. We can know God is speaking to us when we read his word. Sometimes my boys are like, Dad, we never, we never hear, hear God talk. I'm like, yeah, we, you do every time we read the Bible. It's the Lord speaking to us. We should approach Scripture believing it could be understood. We talked about that. I can understand what is said here. We should pray and ask the Holy Spirit for help when reading it. Again, got to ask. Sometimes, like in my preparation for, for speaking, I, I forget that. I'm like, why don't I get this? And then Kim's like, have you prayed? And then we, we go ahead and do that. We will find the wisdom needed for living life in an unstable world. Again, this is where wisdom is found for the times that we're This is a real complicated time that we live in. But the wisdom is there for us if we go and ask the Lord. And we should use scripture when we share the gospel. So James says we are to receive the word. Then he also says, though, we need to obey the word. Receive, obey. Look at the text. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. See, if we hear the word and we don't do it, James says, you're deceiving yourselves. You're like, how? Because sometimes you can read and like, I'm good. He's like, nah. You actually have to put it into practice. You have to do something. The, the, the word of God should be intentionally lived. Receive it, live it. Receive it, live it. And notice in verse 23, he calls the word the law of liberty. Now, sometimes we come around the word and we're like, it doesn't feel like liberty. It feels restrictive. But the word of God is the law of liberty because when you follow it, when you do what it says, it protects you from being enslaved to sin. It frees us that way. Shay said it this way, the, the word of God is not a roadblock, it is a guardrail. It was brilliant. He said that to me. I was like, we got to write that thing down. It's not a roadblock. It is a guardrail. God is trying to protect his children from going off into a ditch. He loves us, and so he gives us the word. Remember I told you, the, the, I want the, the big thing to take away. God gives us his word to protect us and to bless us. And so it is a, not a roadblock, it is a guardrail. And God's, it's God's way of keeping us safe. It's God's way of protecting our joy. It's God's way of making us wise. And so he gives. And James, he gives us 
an illustration. He illustrates two types of people. The person with the mirror, the believer with the word. And it's a crucial illustration. So you look. One looks intently. The believer looks into it. One goes away. One perseveres, sticks to the task that could be translated. One forgets. Here's the difference. One acts. Somebody forgets, does nothing. One person remembers, does something. They put it into practice. And this phrase looks into, in the Greek, it actually means to stoop down. It means to bend over. It means to take a a long look. Just try to picture like a kid bending over and sort of deeply checking out a worm or a ladybug. That's a, there's an intentional looking. And what James is trying to tell you is we don't, take a, we don't just take a glance at the word. We take a deep, long look, and then we accept it and we do it. We accept and we do. With a grateful heart. Again, it's always so important. We don't do the word because we're trying to get God to love us. We do what God says in the word because he already loves us and is telling us this is the wise way to go. You are mine. Now live this way. And we do it for the glory of God. And then he motivates us. So he says, receive it. Do it. Then he gives motivation. It's in the text. Let's look at it again. But the one, verse 25, who looks into the perfect law, God's perfect word, the law of liberty, the, the word that will give me freedom as I follow it, perseveres, so if I stick with it, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, here it is, he will be blessed in his doing. She will be blessed in her doing. It's motivation. Blessed, why? Because we'll mature. We're gonna change. That's what God wants. Why will we be blessed? We will bear the fruit of obedience in our doing. We will show I am actually a saved. I'm on the team. I'm in the family. We'll be blessed because we're we're building our life on something solid. Let me show you. Matthew 7. This is Jesus talking. After he's done some brilliant work, preached the best sermon ever to a whole bunch of people, he, ra- he wraps it up, he brings it, he puts the plane on the ground by saying this. Everyone who hears these words of mine, so there's a hearing that happened. And puts them into practice. is like a, there it is, wise man or or woman who built his trouble on the rock. Now here comes the trouble and the trial. The rain came down. The streams rose and the wind blows and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall. Why? Because its foundation on the rock, contrast, 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came down. Trials comes to everyone. Remember I talked about that. No one is exempt from trials. No one is exempt from trouble. The rain, the storm, it's coming to everybody. And the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. When we obey what Jesus Christ says, when we do the word, we are acting with wisdom. You should like put that somewhere. Obedience is an act of wisdom on your mirror, in your car, wherever. Obedience is an act of wisdom. I am setting myself up to be able to stand when the storm comes. Because the word is building us. Again, I said, God gives us the word to bless us and to protect us. And this pattern of hearing and doing, we actually see it in the Trinity. You can come, Sanj. Come on. We see it in the Trinity. Jesus says, John 12, for I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what my Father told me to say. John 16. But when the Spirit of truth comes, you see this in, in Trinity, he will guide you into all truth. Listen how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me that he will receive what he is to make known to you. Hearing, receiving, doing. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Receiving, doing. You see it with Jesus. You see it with the Holy Spirit. Receiving, doing. And then watch this. When Jesus, this is, somebody pointed this out to me this week. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple who he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. This is, Jesus is hanging on the cross, dying for our sins. And he says, behold your son. Then he said to his disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. You're like, what's that? Jesus is on the cross and you know what he's doing? He's honoring his mother. He makes sure that when I'm gone, she's going to be looked after, doing the word. And then watch this. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He is dying. He is praying for the people who nailed him there. What's Jesus doing? He is loving his neighbor. Doing the word. You see it. Receiving, doing, receiving, doing, receiving, doing. When we receive the word and we do the word, we are being solid image bearers. We are being wise. Trusting God with our life. Now some of you know this 
about me. I played football for a little while. I don't really have very good knees anymore because of that. But I started playing football when I was 12 years old. It ended when I was 26 years old. My first team was the Meadowville Mustangs. We won the championship. And I made a lot of good friends, had some really good coaches, people who are still in my life. Some of the most down people for me in all of the, the world. I call them right now, they do something for me. Saw a lot of nice places, had another, a lot of nice laughs, went to a lot of nice, nice banquets, all that kind of stuff. But do you know what I appreciated the most about football? My equipment. You're like, why? Because it protected me. Knee pads, thigh pads, back plates so you don't get your lower back destroyed, shoulder pads, the helmet. I appreciate that the most because I'm able to sort of still do some things after playing a very violent game. It was my equipment was protection and blessing. Protection and blessing. That is what the word of God is to us. God has given it to us to protect us and to bless us as we obey and do it. He knew we needed it, so he gave it. So we should make sure we use it and apply it. Receive and do. Receive and do. That is an act of wisdom. And remember what James says, when we receive and we do, we will be blessed. Don't miss the text. Blessed in our doing. Let's pray. Father, we, God, thank you that your word is here, that we have it. God, we give you praise that because of your spirit who is alive in us, we can understand the word and we can do the word. We can walk in victory. Yes, we won't do it perfectly. And God, even in our failing sometimes, your love for us won't change. You are a good father who looks at his child and says, get up and do it again. And so, Lord, I pray that we would never fall into some place of guilt. I want to pray specifically for that right now. But maybe we haven't been in it in the ways that we should. But I pray you would free us from guilt. And remember, Lord, that we are loved by you in ways that are deeper than we really know. And I pray that you would help us, Lord, to, to find a way to crawl back in. Maybe it's going to that spot that makes sense to us, that we love and appreciate, that we hear you loudly. Give us wisdom on that. But I pray more than anything, Lord, that we would believe that as we obey and do, that we truly will be blessed, that we truly will be protected, and that true gospel freedom will come as we live in ways that match who you say we are. So give us a desire for your word, Lord. I pray also for the person who is in the word. We should never forget that uh, there are people who are, are regularly in the scriptures. I pray, Father, that you would give them endurance to, to continue to persevere. 
And to know, Lord, that as we're obeying, that we are building our lives on a firm foundation. So God, we thank you for giving us a word. Help us to use it and help us to bring glory to you in our obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.